The House passed INDA, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act. Are we trading homosexual rights for religious freedom? And Christian leaders are lining up behind presidential candidates, but there's still no consensus. Plus, should we encourage young girls to be prudes? We'll talk with an author who says the sex-obsessed culture is hurting girls. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. People are afraid they'll lose their job in a gas station if someone finds out who they love. All right, that's Congressman Barney Frank. He's a homosexual, and he's debating the ENDA bill. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes because this is a bill that would protect homosexuals from being fired. Here's another congressman on the other side, Mark Souter, saying gay rights should not trump religious liberty. The Bible is explicit. The Koran is explicit. The Torah is explicit. And people have deep religious uh, held beliefs. All right, so Congressman Souter is saying, look, there are a lot of Christians out there and conservative Jews and even Muslim employers that uh, would have convictions really against open practicing homosexuals in their kind of a business. So we're going to talk about this in just a moment. We're going to have a debate right here uh, with you. We want you to call in. The number is 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Are you for or against this legislation, which really protects practicing homosexuals from any kind of discipline or firing in the workplace. And it might even reach into your church or religious organization. Also, yesterday, we heard this key endorsement of a presidential candidate. Here's evangelist Pat Robertson. Today, it is my pleasure to announce my support for a mayor, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. All right, that's Pat Robertson yesterday endorsing Rudy Giuliani. We want more reaction to that today. In segment two, we have two new endorsements. Two evangelical leaders came out today with new endorsements, and they're not endorsing Giuliani. It's someone else. You'll find out who that is. Uh, Stay tuned. In about 15 minutes, we're going to talk about that. What else is up, Penna? Well, it seems like the evangelicals are still all over the map on this. But also in segment three, uh, you know, the message to young girls today is... You've got to be sexy. That is the message out there. There's this hookup culture, and it says that sex without commitment is just fine. In fact, maybe even good for young girls. So we're going to ask the question of our guest, how is this sex-obsessed culture hurting young girls, and how is it hurting 
America. That is in segment three. Okay, and I want to remind you right now that next Wednesday, November 14th, we have our town hall, The Battle for Truth, Beware of False Prophets. Pastor Robert Jeffress, Pastor Jack Graham, Pastor Barry Cameron will be joining me on a panel. And we want your questions right now about false teaching and false doctrine. Uh, The website is kcbi.org. Go to our website, kcbi.org. Come to uh, this town hall. Go to the website. Check it out. Be ready for that next Wednesday night. But today, once again, on the floor of the U.S. House, here's Congressman Barney Frank. People are afraid they'll lose their job in a gas station if someone finds out who they love. Well, do homosexuals work at gas? Does anybody work at gas stations today? Not I too many people. I use the credit card when I go up. But in any case, that's Congressman Barney Frank. Now, let's be reminded who this is. He is uh, an open homosexual. In fact, years ago, it was revealed that his homosexual live-in lover was operating a kind of a prostitution service out of Congressman Frank's apartment. And actually, Congressman Frank was fixing parking tickets for those clients. Uh, But, you know, uh, they pile on Larry Craig, but uh, certainly not Congressman Frank. And... um, Congressman Frank, though, this has been an agenda of his for for many years, Mm -hmm. and INDA, uh, Employment Non-Discrimination Act, this is an act which would keep employers from disciplining or uh, firing or disciplining any employee who is uh, homosexual. Here is Congressman Tammy Baldwin, and she wanted the bill to also protect transsexuals. A person's body might not match their internal sense of gender. This is not a new phenomenon. It is not a fad. And it is certainly not a reason to lose one's job. All right. What do you think about that? 800-881-9270. 800-881-9270. Now, did you hear what she said? A person's body, she means by that the male or female parts, may not match what they think they are, what they want to be, or what they feel like they are. So physically, they could be male, but they feel like a female. Physically, they could be female, but they want to be a male. Penny, you've done uh, some research on this bill, and there was really some arguing among the liberals and among the Democrats about how broad they were going to make this non-discrimination category. Tell us about it. Well, you mentioned that Barney Frank had been pushing for this for years, and it's really even been decades that he has been. And all of a sudden, he became the enemy of people like Tammy Baldwin, uh, who we just heard the bite from. She is a lesbian congresswoman from Wisconsin, but she wanted, and a lot of people wanted, transgenders included in this bill. So your gender identity would not be a reason for someone to refuse to hire you, refuse to promote you, or fire you. So think of the right of the employer who hires someone, and then this person decides they either want to dress like the opposite sex or even begin the uh, path of changing their, their gender through surgery, through drugs, whatever. So all of a sudden, you have no recourse to be able to say, well, this is not the type of person I want in my business. So this was an intramural debate within the homosexual and transgender community of whether this was going to be um, included in the bill. Well, there weren't enough Democrats in Congress that would support the bill with the transgender part in it. So it was thrown out. But it, it almost never got voted on because of this. So now this bill only applies to homosexuals and lesbians. There is a religious exemption in it uh, that would exempt churches. But there are lots of other 
uh, businesses or church-related or Christian-related organizations that are still affected by this. And I think it would be it's detrimental to the rights of Christians who own and run businesses or just people who have a problem yeah. with homosexuality. What about Christian schools? What about colleges? What Daycare. about radio stations like ours? And so uh, just having a church exemption does not protect Christian businessmen, wherever they are and whatever ministry they might have in and through their business. Of course, we want to know what you think. And of course, we're going to talk about what the Bible would have to say. What would be the Christian worldview? But let's go to Congressman Paul Brown. Here's his objection. Into will enforce employers, including Christians, Muslims, Jews, and peoples of other faiths, to hire individuals that are diametrically opposed to their fundamental belief system. If they stand up for their religious beliefs and refuse to hire those opposed to their faith, they will be sued. All right. So Congressman Brown says, look, a lot of Christians are going to be sued if this thing passes. Well, we've got Diana on the line from Middle Lothian. Diana, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a small business owner, and we pay our taxes. And as long as I'm a tax-paying American I should have the right to hire or fire whomever I want for whatever reason I want. If I don't want to hire blue-eyed blondes, that's my prerogative. Well, if this law passes, though, they're going to butt into your business. I know they are. That's why I write letters and listen to your show and call my congressman. And um, I think the silent majority has been silent too long. Mm. Well, I think you're right, Dan, and I appreciate you calling. I think there are a lot of business owners out there who are Christians, uh, maybe Jews, maybe even Muslims. And they look at their small business as a, yes, there's a secular component, but there's a spiritual component. It's, it's part ministry. It's part blessing the community and providing a service. And I know uh, the way they're passing this law that the Barney Frank and Company are going to say, you're not exempt. You, you, you know, if your business is a bakery, if your business is a gas station, he mentioned a gas station, then uh, look out because they're going to tell you who you can hire and fire. We've got another congressman. Here is Mark Souder talking about uh, how really religious faith, that this is a wrong kind of lifestyle, is is under attack with this legislation. I have heard my religion and my religious belief called prejudiced, bigoted, hate-filled. The predominant religions in America have been had their basic beliefs. Those who believe in a literal Bible have seen their faith smeared. Okay, well, what do you think? We got Frank on the line from Little Elm. Frank, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Hi, Dr. Johnson. This, this is just uh, one frighteningly piece of legislation. I mean, the Bible says, my Bible says that male and female, he created them. In his image, he created them. Yes. And aside from the transgender issue, which I think is a side issue, this is just a horrifyingly piece of legislation. Uh, President Bush has vowed, to, I believe, to veto this. But this is another example of where you incrementally allow sectarian, non-Christian, liberal thought into the U.S. Congress, and look what you have. You have people like Barney Frank who are going to propose this kind of horrible legislation that is so blatantly anti-God. And I praise God that, that President Bush would veto this, but this is another reason why we need a God-fearing man in the White House. 
we cannot allow this kind of legislation to ever pass. Yeah, you've got to wonder what Rudy Giuliani would do with a piece of legislation like this who came across his desk. I think he would sign it, and this is mm-hmm. another reason why I'm going to oppose him. I honestly do not see any man standing up for, for God in the White House uh, you know, that, that is leading in any of the polls, and this is exactly why we need someone like you know, like like Sam Brownback, or or even I doubt Mike Huckabee would sign this. No, uh, I don't think he would at all. No, and I think no. he's been I clear mean, on this that. This is exactly why I'm a poet. I mean, this is just so anti-biblical, Doctor Johnson. I don't know how anybody could support this kind of legislation. It's very frightening. All right, thanks, Frank. So Frank makes the first point here from the Christian worldview. Uh, Genesis one. You don't have to go far in the text. In the beginning, God created the male and female. That is God's plan for human sexuality, and this is against the created order and against the creator. What do you think, Penna? Well, this is holding up social uh, homosexuality as a protected class. And, you know, there are other civil rights protections in the society that small business owners know about. For instance, race. For instance, someone's age. For instance, someone's true gender, you know, male or female, that uh, they cannot discriminate about and they have to be careful about. But in this case, it's because of someone's behavior. It's nothing that's unchangeable. Now, we can have the argument all day long whether they're born that way or not. But this belies that because when they start saying, okay, transgenders should be included, that injects sort of this fluidity type argument and says basically, well, we should be able to be however we define ourselves and you can't do anything about it. It is so detrimental to the rights of just moral Americans and also Christians that it's not even funny. And this would be the linchpin to begin then to advance the homosexual, uh, quote unquote, rights agenda. And we would not see this stop. All right, we've got Kent on the line. Kent, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Uh, uh, Dr. Johnson, I actually worked in an environment uh, where uh, we had an individual who was trying to change their sex, and they, uh, uh, I won't use their names, but let's say the name uh, was Dennis for five years and was uh, Denise uh, all of a sudden for the next two or three years in a cubicle kind of environment. In a, in, in, you know, in the wonderful state of California, um, I mean, you, you got a, a situation where you've got uh, bring your child to work day. So you bring your two children to work. <laughs> what, what bathroom does this particular female or, or That's another part of this. Day? All right, Kent, we've got to go. It's a hard break, but it's a great point. Do they use the men's room, the women's room? And do you protect the other employees from, uh, you know, sexual harassment and other kinds of issues? Well, when we come back, we've got a couple more callers on this, and then we're going to talk about how various presidential candidates would react to this legislation. What about Giuliani? What about Huckabee? What about Thompson? It's Jerry Johnson Live with Penna Dexter. We'll be right back. November 14th, the Criswell Radio Network's Town Hall Series is back. The Battle for the Truth, Beware the False Prophets, a town hall meeting to focus our gaze back on Christ and the truth of God's Word. What a great opportunity to remind people that what the Bible says is true. Special guest panelists include Dr. Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano, Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Barry Cameron, pastor of Crossroads Christian Church in Grand Prairie with special insight from John MacArthur, host of Grace to You. Dr. Tony Evans, pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, George Barna of the Barna Group, and more. Hosted by Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of the Criswell College in Dallas, Wednesday, November.
September 14th, 7 p.m., and live from Crossroads Christian Church. The truth. Fight for it with us. November 14th, only here on the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Could an employee have a quote from the Bible that soundly condemns homosexuality? Would that in itself create a hostile work environment? I would say we do not know the answer to that question. This is a boon for trial lawyers. Okay, this is Congressman John Klein, and he's talking about the proposed ENDA law, debated on the House floor today. This law would make it illegal for an employer to fire or to discipline someone who is a homosexual um, in the workplace, even a Christian. Well, what do you think of that? We've got George on the line who's called in. George, what's your view on this? Well, I think that, uh, Dr. J, that it, quite honestly, this is more than just the homosexual community being crammed on our throat. I think this is another example of a Democrat Congress really overstepping its, its constitutional bounds of, of, you know, we, the American public, have been asleep at the wheel for the last 50 to 60 years. They are taking over. You know, and to some extent, we as Republicans deserve this. We did not get anything done over the last eight years. I kind of feel we brought a little bit of this on ourselves. We, we, we didn't dig in and fight the fight like we should have fought. Um, this is this is just kind of the Democrat battle plan. You know what? You can't take care of yourself because you're too dumb, so we're going to take care of it for you. I think that's an interesting point, George. You know, the best defense is a good offense, and we're playing defense now. We could have been playing offense if President Bush and Denny Hassert, uh, if, the, if the Republicans in power four years ago would have pushed, 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 for a constitutional amendment on defining marriages between a man and a woman, this would be moot. This would be a moot issue. But now we're playing defense, and I think you're right. But it does show the difference in the parties. That is, I think that this Democrat-controlled Congress, uh, they have a, pa- a, a chance, really, to pass this legislation. Now, if you want to talk about this, the number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. We just received an email, Penna, from a listener that says, this effectively drives the Christian out of the business arena. That comes from a guy named Pastor Jeff. But what mm-hmm. he means by that is a, a convictional Christian businessman, businesswoman, who wants to hire good Christian folks uh, to run their business. Maybe it's a daycare. Maybe it's a restaurant. Maybe it's something else, a gas station. And they're not able, really, then to say, I want you know folks that are Christian and living right. Uh, to work Folks this that sort of em- exemplify my values, yes. like-minded people with yeah. me are the type of people I would like to hire. And in just a minute, we're going to talk about the presidential candidates. Where would they stand on something like this? Well, here's Congressman Doc Hastings, and he has a different argument here, and I want you to listen carefully. He says this is actually the federal government uh, getting into business, uh, and they have no right into this area. I do not think... It is the place of the federal government to legislate how each and every workplace operates. As a for- former small business owner, I know what, that, uh, what brings success to one company does not necessarily bring success to another. 
What do you think of that, Penna? Well, you know, we've got to talk about what this is really about because there is not an epidemic out there of gay firings. Oh. People are not being fired. In fact, businesses are stumbling all over themselves to attract homosexuals. And if you read Fortune magazine, Forbes magazine, you'll see that big companies, Fortune 100 and 500 companies, most of them have all kinds of benefits. AT&T, American right. Express, right. Disney, so forth. So, And I talked to Randy uh, Thomas, who is with Exodus Ministries, when I was up at the Values Voter Summit. We that interview here, I think it was last week, and he said that, you know, there were complaints when he was a homosexual, there were complaints about him, and what did his boss do? She ended up elevating him, and he ended up being the boss over the person that was complaining <laughs> about him. So it's not, the, what this is, is really about defining this class of people. They're getting their foot in the door about saying homosexuals are a protected class, just like race. And there are a lot of uh, African Americans around the country who don't like that comparison or that parallel. And they don't like their struggle for civil rights being compared with this one. What's the biblical worldview? What's the Christian worldview? We're going to get to that in a moment. First, we've got Daniel on the line from Houston. Daniel, thank you for calling and holding. What's your view? Thank you, sir. Um, I fly for Continental Airlines down in Houston, and uh, this legislation is simply going to, uh, in my opinion, it's going to solidify the uh, uh, the fact that they won't, they won't be able to fire any homosexual that they want. I'll give you an example. We had a... Uh, uh, captain who was a, a Top Gun pilot. This guy had a gender change. They fired him. They rehired him. He was a captain, retired as a captain. And uh, it says, quite frankly, in the FARs, you have to be a, a sound moral character. And uh, if you, this piece of legislation, then it will be absolutely impossible to fire someone like that. And you know, would you want somebody like that flying your airplane when your family owns? No, I would not, and uh, I think uh, most people would not, because that shows someone who's psychologically unstable. In fact, only about 40 years ago, the American Psychological Association uh, classified homosexuality as a perversion, as a mental disorder. Mm -hmm. And it was only because of political pressure they reversed themselves. If you want to read a book about this, not particularly from a Christian view, this fellow is a Jew. It's uh, the book Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth by a guy named Satinover. Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth. And this is the kind of book that every congressman should read, every school board member should read, because this book talks about the cultural implications of accepting homosexuality as normative and trying to legitimize it, which is really what this bill is all about. And I, and I want to push the envelope here a little bit, in, uh, Pena, because this debate about whether or not it would include transsexuals is really the point in one respect. Mm -hmm. Because what about people who are polygamists? What about people who are pedophiles? What about people who believe in bestiality? And the point here is this. If you're going to say that uh, sexuality is um, about orientation or identification uh, and that there are no norms and no absolutes, then logically, if you push this to the extreme, they're going to have to include bestiality. They're going to have to include pedophilia. They're going to have to include polygamy. And that that is logically the next step. And the transgendered, so-called the transsexual group, they're going to have to be included. And nobody wants to talk about that. But if we say that um, the traditional biblical model is uh, not the norm, we open the door to everything else. And I think that's the problem. We've got Matt on the line from Hearst. Matt, thank you for calling. What's your view? Thank you. Uh, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. I just 
I just wanted some some clarification. You know, I I, I haven't been following this uh, this much at all, but uh, if you can just clarify, is it that you would not be able to fire or discipline somebody, a, a homosexual worker, or is it because, or is it that you would not be able to uh, fire or discipline them because they are a homosexual? Right. I think it's an excellent that. question, and here's the answer. It, the bill would state that you can't fire or discipline them for being homosexual uh, or, in, or transsexual if, it was, if you were going to that extreme. But in fact, in fact, Matt, I think what some people have been saying here, this, that's pretty much the case right now in most businesses and certainly most major corporations. But what this is going to do is put the burden of proof on an employer. If they're firing somebody for another reason, in fact... The, uh, the homosexual will be able to say, oh, you fired me because I'm a homosexual. So, in fact, it will mean it would be very difficult to fire them for any reason. But let's, uh, let's go back, though, to the bill as it's written. What about uh, someone at Cracker Barrel or what about someone at uh, you know, mom and pop's family restaurant or what about a daycare center? What about a college or a university that's got Christian connections and Christian roots? And uh, so just as the bill is written, shouldn't Christian businessmen, Jewish businessmen, Muslim businessmen be able to say, you know, this is just who I am and this is my business and this is what we do in child care or in food service and we just don't want that image. And we don't want men who uh, kiss uh, their male lover at the door, you know, when they drop them off to, to come into work. I had that happen when I worked up at Tom Thumb Grocery as a college student 20 years ago. I remember one of my supervisors getting out of his car and kissing his male uh, homosexual partner. And I was just shocked when I saw that happen. And uh, we've come a long way now since then. But uh, that would not allow an employer to take any kind of action. We've got Tyler on from Arlington. Tyler, what do you think? Oh, going on what you just said, the bill does say that you cannot fire because of this fact. But with trial lawyers and people that are unscrupulous, if you have a deadbeat worker who's intelligent, if he knows he's going to be fired, that's right. say, he can't say, oh, wait, I'm gay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And yeah, so how do you even know if no a person is homosexual or not? Mm. Exactly. I mean, because the burden of proof is on the employer, so then but because of other legislation in, on the books right now, the employer can't make part of the hiring process, are you homosexual or not? Because... That opens up a different door. It's, it's a cash 22 no matter how you yeah. go. Yeah, it's very similar to affirmative action. Then race or sexual orientation becomes a, you know, a defensive position for an employee who wants to get a job or is about to lose their job. They can cry foul even if that's not the issue. Let me just say that ENDA passed the House of Representatives by a vote of 235 to 184. President Bush has said he would veto it. The Senate has yet to consider it. It might be a little tougher getting through the Senate. And, of course, if it gets through both houses, there is this opportunity for veto and for overriding the veto. So it's a constant battle, and this is the closest they've gotten to getting this. Okay, we got Charles on the line from Fort Worth. Charles, what do you think? Well, personally, I think it's uh, the homosexuals' final, final gasp at trying to undermine the Boy Scouts and make sure that uh, the policy and the good fight that they put up, it finally comes to an end, that they finally get their way, they get homosexuals in the Boy Scouts of America. Boy, you're right about that. And, There's... Then, and that would, that would uh, well, once you're in, then you could clear yourself a homosexual and they couldn't do anything about it. Also, uh... what about all these people that maybe already work for somebody? The company also has a drug policy, 
and they claim, well, you're you're firing me just because I'm a homosexual. It doesn't have anything to do with it. Well, I think you're right, Charles. We're out of time. We've got a hard break here. We've got another caller holding. We'll take Sharon when we come back. And I'm going to talk about this from the Christian worldview. We'll look at a couple of scriptures. And then we're going to talk about how potential presidential candidates would deal with this and two new endorsements today of presidential candidates. You'll want to hear these evangelical leaders who they're backing. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. People are afraid they'll lose their job in a gas station if someone finds out who they love. All right, that's Congressman Barney Frank. He is arguing on the House floor in support of the ENDA bill, which passed Congress today, 235 to 184, and this bill would not allow an employer to discipline or to fire someone who is a homosexual. And uh, if you run a school or a daycare or a bookstore or a coffee shop, this applies to you if it's signed into law. President Bush will probably veto this. But we've got callers on the line. Sharon is holding. Sharon, what do you think of this? A couple of real quick points. My first question is, what does somebody's ability to to perform a task or a job they've been hired for and have been performing it just because they happen to be homosexual? I work in a very large organization, and there are several guys that are gay, not openly, but quietly, and you can, I can tell. And we have a few lesbians, too, that you can tell. However, they're very quiet. They keep their personal life personal. They're attorneys. They perform their job completely, I mean, perfect. Why would their personal right. life have anything to do with their ability to perform their task for this agency? My second point is, um, you mentioned, you guys mentioned sexual harassment. How do you protect yourself from sexual harassment from a homosexual? Just because they're homosexual does not mean they're, they're apt to sexually harass somebody at work more than a heterosexual person would. I have more trouble with guys, straight guys hitting on me than any lesbian. The lesbians never said anything. They, they keep quiet. So, right. and, and as far as one of the callers made a point that, you know, if you have a Christian organization and you want to hire only Christian people, how many homosexuals do you think are going to go seek out employment in a place like that right, when they know right. clearly they're sure. not welcome? But sure. in a sense, they do. Like the Boy Scouts was mentioned, and that has actually been a target for homosexuals uh, to become part of the Boy Scouts because it is a, a, a location where young boys could be found. So in one sense, I just think it's up to the employer to hire who they want to hire. If they have something against hiring somebody that's uh, been open about their homosexuality, it should be their right to do so. And as far as sexual harassment goes... There's a difference between pedophiles and homosexuals, though. Just because you're homosexual doesn't mean you automatically like younger No, it doesn't mean you automatically do. That's a separate question. But I would say this, Sharon, look... um, the, the U.S. government has a don't ask, don't tell policy right now for the military. And so they have determined, you know, there are good reasons in terms of morale, in terms of men being with men in the shower and so forth. There are good right. reasons for, for us not to have homosexuals in that context. And I would just say, look, there's some employers that have some kind of service organizations where they would say, you know, it's all right with me if there's a homosexual, you know, delivering this uh, package, if UPS or whatever. They have no issue with that. And but most employers don't have an but issue But there are with that. other employers, I would think, Sharon, who would say, look, I've got a daycare here or I've got a Christian bookstore, or I am just have a family-friendly restaurant, and I just don't want that 
that image, you know, in my customer relations. And I think there's so there's some employers that are going to want that. And but you're right, there are some who are who who aren't going to care. And I think you know that's as it's always been right there. But uh, this law would keep that daycare owner from from making that judgment. It would keep that uh, restaurant owner from making that judgment. And I think uh, this law, uh, you, you know, would take that decision out of their hands. How would an employer know without asking? And they can't ask. And, and why would somebody dis- disclose that if they know they're not going to be hired if they disclose their homosexuality? Well, they they um, they will disclose it by whom they bring to work with them, who what they, they talk about, what they talk really? about, who they may <laughs> kiss in public, and and I think I think you know it does become known in many cases. You know, if it doesn't become known, you're back to the military situation. Don't ask, don't tell. Nobody cares, and nobody right. gets hired for that or fired for that. And I think it's a non-issue if they don't reveal it. And yeah. if it's not affecting anybody in any way, if you have somebody that you didn't realize was homosexual working for you, and then all of a sudden they hit on somebody of the same sex, that's you have a cause, you have an issue. But it's the same as you have to treat it as a sexual harassment situation as if it was a heterosexual. But uh, we're going to really to the transsexual earlier in the show to say, look, what bathroom do they use? Right. If well, you have policies, you. if you have policies that's- on people of the different sex riding together in cars or staying together in hotel rooms, a person's uh, sexual orientation, so-called, would make a big difference. If you say in your organization men and women can't share a hotel room, but then you have a homosexual male staying in a hotel room with another male, then you've, what you've done is you've created then uh, you know, an awkward situation. So I could say sure. there you know, it puts an employer in an awkward position. Uh, but you're right. Uh, it's not a given that homosexuals would uh, be guilty of misconduct at the workplace. We, we wouldn't say that that's automatic, and I, I think you're right about that. You know, this is a, if you look at it not as a negative side, but sort of from the positive side, and that is that the homosexual groups that want bills like ENDA, they want something positive. They're not saying, you can't fire me or whatever. They're saying, I want this protection. And then when they have that protection, they can express their homosexuality, and they're protected from ever having anyone say anything about that. And that's what this is doing, is it's actually elevating homosexuality as a protected class. So we're not going from the negative side where we're saying all homosexuals are going to misbehave. We're saying this is not a behavior that's worthy of elevation, and we shouldn't be doing that in this country. Okay, we have to move on to the next caller. Uh, We've got uh, John on the line, I believe, from Dallas. Uh, hi, Dr. Johnson. Thank you. And I, while I've been waiting, listening to you, I have to agree with the point you just made, Pana. Um, I agree ENDA is not necessary, and I think it's needless to elevate the situation. But I wonder, too, having done some ministry work with people who struggled with homosexuality, um, how many Christians that actually struggle with homosexuality might be affected by this? Because I know there's also some... I know somebody that was um, in a program that I was associated with who worked at a Christian bookstore, and nobody at the bookstore knew because he struggled with this for several years. And I wonder what would go through his mind, you know, would he lose his job if somehow somebody found out because of something that he didn't necessarily do at the bookstore, but um, it just makes me wonder how that might affect many Christians who struggle with homosexuality since we know that they are out there. Sure. Um, and well, then on the other side, I work at, uh, in my job, 
I still have a little bit of faith in the system that I know um, I'm involved in a lot of employee terminations, and we have many people who claim race discrimination and or orientation discrimination. And in the last six years, we have won every one of those cases because our company's done a pretty good job of clearly defining our company's expectations with regard to performance. Um, and I think, while I agree that this bill is unnecessary, I would think that if it passed, it might hold employers to be a little bit more accountable um, when it comes to defining their performance expectations. I think it's something that a lot of employers lack, um, and it might put them on notice um, in that area. Well, I think, John, you know, you've covered a lot of issues. Look, I would say this. There might be a situation where the homosexual worker is actually performing better at the work task than the non-homosexual. That's not the issue here. The real issue is, does a daycare center owner does a restaurant owner, I know a little restaurant I go to in Colorado, nice little home-cooked restaurant. Then on the side of the restaurant, they have a bookstore. All their books are family-friendly. Many of them are Christian. They have sell Bibles in this restaurant. But it's not a Christian restaurant per se, but it's obviously the owner sees it as a kind of a ministry, greeting cards and books. And does that person have a right to say, I'm not going to have an open, practicing homosexual waiting on tables in this restaurant? I believe that restaurant owner should have that right. This law will outlaw that kind of decision. Now, let's talk about the Christian worldview for just a minute, because a lot of people say, like Barack Obama, well, this is just one verse in Romans or one verse in Leviticus. And this goes to Genesis 1. God created them male and female. And Paul's argument in Romans is simply this. This is a rejection of the Creator and the created order. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. And he uses the words uh, here, uncleanness, dishonor, vile passions, error, debased mind, and not fitting. So Paul piles up the big words to say, you know, this is not right according to to creation. It's not a uniquely Christian argument. It's an argument about creation. And Paul says this is against nature, the way God made us. And uh, Paul goes on to say, uh, you know, when he has a vice list over in Corinthians, you know, that this is, this is unacceptable. And, uh, but the good news is, Paul says, such were some of you. And you talk about people who have struggles with this. Well, the struggle Uh, We all have struggles with sin. And Paul says, such were some of you. And that means you can be changed. And Paul says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So I don't think Christians should be mean to homosexuals. And I don't think we should be ugly to homosexuals. We want to be reaching out to them and saying, you know, you can be changed. But to force a business owner to hire someone who lives this way openly, I think, is uh, an imposition the federal government should not make. Well, what would presidential candidates do with this kind of a bill? Now, today there was an endorsement. Donald Wildman, we're going to listen right now, endorsing a presidential candidate. He's the head of the American Family Association. The former Arkansas governor has been rising in the polls and is now considered by some observers to be in the top tier. Now the Huckabee campaign has received a significant endorsement. Dr. Don Wildman, founder and chairman of the American Family Association, has given his personal endorsement to Huckabee, who he says understands the needs of the United States and has the ability to lead the country in meeting those needs. I think he shares our values Will we agree with Governor Huckabee on 100% of items? No, we will not. But when you take the whole ball of wax, 
I think Governor Huckabee is the person we need. I think he has the leadership and the vision, and I think he can take the country to that place where we need to be desperately at this point in our history. In response to the endorsement, Huckabee said, quote, I'm proud to receive the support from such an influential member of the religious community. Wildman wants to make it clear that this endorsement is a personal one and not the endorsement of any group which he may be associated with. I'm Chad Groening. Okay, the end of bill passed 235 to 184. That is not enough to override a presidential veto. That requires 270 votes. What would Rudy do? Would Rudy sign this bill? What would Huckabee do? Let's talk about it when we come back. November 14th, the Criswell Radio Network's Town Hall Series is back. Barry Cameron. A man named Don Piper has written a book called 90 Minutes in Heaven, where he details the story of a tragic car accident where he was dead for 90 minutes, and during that time, he claims he physically, actually went to heaven. He said his most vivid memory of heaven is what I heard. He said he didn't hear songs like the old rugged cross or the nail-scarred hand. I thought, you know... I think I remember something over in Revelation. The revelation about heaven that we do have, and we have God's word on it, seems to say something else. Revelation 5.11, John says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they sang. Now listen to what they sang. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. The Battle for the Truth, November 14th, only here on the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Today it is my pleasure to announce my support for a mayor, America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. All right, that's Pat Robertson, founder of the Christian Coalition, endorsing Rudy Giuliani for president. Today, the end of bill passed in Congress, 235 to 184. President Bush will veto that bill. It will require 270 votes to override it. But wait a minute. The next president of the United States will probably get this bill again. Would he sign it? It passed. Or will he veto it? And that's really the big question. Would Rudy Giuliani veto this legislation? I don't think so. I don't either. No one's asked him about it in a debate. Well, it probably will be asked. Mm-hmm. We've got Peter on the line holding. Peter, thank you for calling. What's your view? Pe- well, I think um, if, if Giuliani was was elected, I don't see any reason for him not to sign this. I mean, I mean, if he's... If, if he's pro-life, then watch to keep him from signing something that would help the homosexuals, you know. Um, well, pro-homosexual, you're saying not pro-life, yeah. He's my, pro- other con- my other concern is I realize right now that, that, that the church is exempted from this bill, but to me this opens the door for a lot more. I mean, um, I, I, I once heard Dr. Gary Fraser of Discovery Ministries say that there are those that want to want legislation passed that would make it to where preachers like him could be arrested in jail for speaking out against homosexuality. Well, I think that's a good question, Peter. We've got to move on to that. But I want to say this is the Soviet Chinese communist view that churches are exempt and can do what they want to do within those walls of that building, but that Christians cannot practice their Christianity out in the world if they're a business owner, if they're a teacher, 
They can't evangelize. They can't get out Bibles. And they cannot really practice moral discrimination, you know, in the workplace. And so what the what the government is doing very generously is saying, oh, we exempt the churches. What they, They're not exempting Christians, though, from living out their conviction if they own a business. There's another bill that's passed that's uh, sitting out there. President Bush has also pledged to veto the hate crimes legislation that has passed both the House and the Senate as part of a defense bill. And although they say this is just enhanced penalties for crimes motivated by someone's sexual orientation, lots of experts are saying this could actually criminalize the speech of people against homosexual behaviors. They're two companion linchpin bills. All right. Well, the question is, what difference does a president's conviction make? Everybody's saying, well, we'll go with Rudy because he's got a chance to beat Hillary. Conservatives are saying that, many But Rudy, in fact, would probably sign this legislation. But Donald Wildman, again, from the American Family Association, endorsing today Mike Huckabee. And another Christian leader today endorsing Mike Huckabee. Dr. Danny Aiken was preaching at Criswell College today. And I asked him what he thought of Governor Mike Huckabee. Here's Dr. Aiken. Well, Dr. Johnson, I have endorsed uh, Mike Huckabee and glad to do so because uh, he represents the best, I believe, in what we need in a president. Uh, His values, his convictions resonate very well with my own. And uh, I know a number of people have said, uh, well, he's a long shot. That begs the question for me. The issue is, where does a man stand in terms of his character? Uh, Where does a man stand in terms of his principles? And indeed, I think we need to pursue a presidential uh, candidate on the basis of principle. And when I look at the field, in my judgment, uh, he stands head and shoulders above the others. And so I'm delighted to cast my uh, support with uh, Governor Huckabee. That's Dr. Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of the largest seminaries in America. He's a leader in the Southern Baptist Convention, a major evangelical author, and he endorsed Governor Mike Huckabee along with Don Wildman today of the American Family Association. And uh, here, let's go back again to Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson, he is the founder of the Christian Coalition, founded to defend Biblical family values to defend the sanctity of human life, to defend marriage. The Christian Coalition founder, 700 Club Man. Regent University. Who is he endorsing? Here it is. Today it is my pleasure to announce my support for America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Okay, most people surprised because Giuliani, pro-choice, effectively pro-abortion, pro-homosexual rights, pro-homosexual marriage, And I asked Dr. Aiken again while he was here today, you know, what he thought of that Giuliani endorsement by Robertson. Well, Jerry, I was both surprised and disappointed. I I want to commend uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani for the job that he did uh, for New York City following 9-11. But I uh, find it almost unconscionable that an evangelical could support him for president, given his view on abortion, uh, on homosexuality, just a number of areas. I find it uh, stunning that uh, Pat Robertson endorsed him. Uh, I was disappointed, and uh, I have a hard time fathoming and factoring how he was able to do that. Penny, you know, I can understand uh, politicos and power politicians saying, look, we've got to go with the one we think is going to win and beat the worst possible candidate, which they view as Hillary. And uh, But the, this show is about the Christian worldview. And Jesus says we're to be salt 
and to be light. And if the salt has lost its flavor, it's good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden underfoot by men. If Pat Robertson is going to use his political influence to endorse whoever he other power politician would want to endorse right now. Where's the salt? Where's the salt? Where's the flavor? Where's the light shining in the darkness? In the primary season especially, isn't this the time to find Fred Thompson or to find Huckabee or to find um, somebody else, Duncan Hunter? Uh, There are many pro-life, pro-marriage candidates out there. Isn't it time for us to to think about some... some, um, some solid candidates first before we're forced into the lesser of two evils mode. Yeah, the question I have is, is he going with Giuliani because he thinks he can beat the wor- what he thinks is worse, which would be a Democrat? Or is he going with him because he really thinks he's the best, for instance, on the war against terrorism? I I tend to think the latter, but I don't know that I agree with that because I think a lot of these candidates would really be tough on terror. And I don't think that, you know, you have to go with that as your number one issue, especially if you're a Christian leader and you influence lots of Christians across the country. All right, folks, stay tuned. We're going to stay on top of these endorsements and these primary races. But let me remind you, November 14th, next Wednesday, the battle for truth. Beware of false prophets. We're going to have Pastor Robert Jeffries of First Baptist Dallas, Pastor Jack Graham of Prestonwood Baptist Church, Pastor Barry Cameron of Crossroads Christian Church, and we're going to be talking about all the false teaching going on out there and really what Christians can do to respond. You can email a question. I'm moderating on the panel, kcbi.org. kcbi.org is the website. Email us a question. And then let me remind you that Monday, we have former Secretary of Defense, William Cohen, who will be on the program Monday. We're going to ask him about Iraq and about Iran and about Pakistan and all the hotbed issues. This is a man who's been in charge of the military. He will know. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We're here at Criswell College. We'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.